You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next edition of the Renewed You podcast. So glad you're with us today. This podcast is sponsored by New Life Church, and we would encourage you to find out more information about New Life by visiting their website at newlifeokc.org. Today, we're going to start a topic, and it's just going to be my co-host, Jeremy, and I sitting around. Uh, We're just going to talk about something that's very important if we are going to truly renew our lives, and that is learning to hear the voice of God. So, Jeremy, how you doing, bud? I'm well. I know you are. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing great. Um, You and I have been talking about this for, I don't know, months. Yep. Just between the two of us, it's something that... I am very passionate about, but I love how uh, everything God makes, he designs it around seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're blessed in Oklahoma or cursed, depending on how you want to look at right. it, to living in an area of the country that experiences on a regular basis three and a half of the four seasons. We get. Oh, like, I don't think we have that many. I think we have hot and cold. <laughs> hot and cold. Yeah. That's what we um, yeah, we get a little bit of winter, but um, we definitely get the spring, summer, and fall. And uh, I don't really like the summer because it just gets too hot around here. But my point is, God creates everything in seasons, and He takes us in our life through seasons where He really emphasizes uh, things to us personally. And um, I know I'm going through that season where He's He's been drawing me into a deeper understanding of the simplicity of hearing his voice. And I know this is important to you. So I want to take some time today and just share with us your journey of hearing the voice of God and, you know, what were some things that helped you better clarify his voice from maybe your own thoughts yeah, or, or whatever? Well, I think it's important first to kind of establish, you know, like in, if you go to college and I'm going to assume this cause I never went to college, <laughs> but I've heard, you know, these terms, basket weaving 101 or yeah. whatever. So you have 101, 201, I guess. I yeah. don't know. So um, I think there's hearing the voice of God starts 101, right? And a simple way to kind of uh, quantify that is, um, you know, when you felt the draw to him in the first place, right? That's 101, right? You're sitting there, you hear us, maybe you were invited to church or maybe a friend or coworkers talking to you, you see something in their life and you're like, man, I want what they have. Okay, so that that's hearing God's voice. When you want what they have, there's this, it's, it's an inward drawing. The Bible teaches us that no man comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him to them. So, um, so that drawing is kind of this 101 of hearing the voice of God. And so upon responding and entering into this relationship, you start to distinguish desire and these internal things. Cause like, it's like you feel it. I always use the term, I feel it in my gut. And that's just like this guttural, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. And it's much more than a head thing. You can have an idea and think in your head, man, this would be cool. And you get excited about it or whatever it is. But, but when you feel it down lower in your body, 
It's like you're thinking with your guts, which is kind of weird. Anyway, uh, but I think it's kind of the 101 thing. And and maybe 102, like not 201, <laughs> but kind of <laughs> B, <laughs> is, is the open door leading. So, and this is where I think most Christians settle. I think... Settle, is that what you said? Yeah, settle okay. like as in... Not they don't go beyond. They don't this. go beyond it. Like they think, okay, well, this is it, and it's it's open door leading, right? It's opportunity based. So, you are praying for a new job. Lord, I want a new job. Blah blah blah. And then a new job pops up. Open door, you take it. And there's a couple problems with that, but but let's look at it like this. And where I kind of realized that open door policy was not really the way God wanted me to hear his voice. It's not really specific, right? I mean, you're just kind of waiting for open doors. And the problem is the enemy can open doors just fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's kind of a problem too. And it, it really came to me in this, I, I was processing going to work at another church and I had three opportunities at the same time, three open doors, and you can't say, well, I had an open door to go work um, at a strip club and a church. That's pretty easy, right? <laughs> I mean, those are the, <laughs> I can't imagine leading worship at a strip club. That seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> but but you see what I'm saying? Totally. Like, so, so that's easy. But when it's three churches, they all serve the Lord. They're all hearing God's voice. You presume if they're offering you a job, they all three heard. So how does that reconcile? Right mm-hmm. now I've got to say, okay, well, either two of those three people didn't listen to God. And by the way, the possibility also exists that three of the three pastors or leadership <laughs> groups didn't hear the voice right. of God. But, but in this mindset of open door leading, uh, that's what you've got to realize is that, okay, now I've got three opportunities. Obviously God, I can't work for all three places at one time. Now, actually in today's model of what I do with Stream Grace Network. I kind of could, but that's another story altogether. So I really came to this understanding at this point that, okay, hearing God's voice and following him has got to be more than just open door opportunity. Agreed. And so that that kind of put me on this place of like, we, we talk about this in church a lot, but pray and seek the Lord and ask the Father. And this is what we tell people, right? We That's, the, that's as practical as we ever get when we're teaching people how to hear the voice of God, we're like, well, pray and ask God. It's like, you remember in therapy when people would say, or maybe before therapy, you'd hear someone say, I just haven't processed that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I didn't know forever. Like, what does it mean to process something? Well, that's what I think we do with Christians all the time. We say, well, you just need to pray about it and let the father tell you. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so I think that fundamentally that becomes the challenge for everybody is they find their own way of doing that. And what I'm excited about is I had the opportunity to walk through a disciple relationship and learn quite a few uh, processes and and, uh, things that are found in scripture that really helps demystify and decloud the clarity of hearing God's voice. So that's kind of the intro to how we got to where we are. And and I'm going to call it Hearing God's Voice 201 or maybe maybe 301. I don't know because I don't know how many levels there are. I'm sure that God will reveal them. So um, do you want me to pause there for some more stuff uh, from you or what? Let's hit let's hit a couple of things that I think are, are truly foundational that you've already hit on. Um, like you, you were just talking a minute ago about um, – using i think you called it opportunity mm-hmm. or open open, open door, door. Mm-hmm. um when we 
approach God that way, aren't we really starting with a desired outcome that we want? Like, Lord, I need a new job. Yeah. Okay, we want a new job. Right. Three offers come, like you're saying. We assume one of those is right. God's door. Yeah. What if none of them are? Right. It, what if God yeah. doesn't want us, doesn't want people to leave a specific spot? Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think it's it's a multi-pronged approach. I don't think there's anything wrong with desire-led stuff. God, that's how right. we're wired, but but by itself it's like you've got to you know there's a scripture that says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established paul's talking about it in conjunction with making sure like re reconciling brother to brother uh, in the church he references jesus in that too they both talk about it and what it's really saying is hey in order for the truth to be established we need like two or three people to be there like if you and i had a conflict we get three people well in the same way if you want to reconcile you know is this the lord let let two or three things speak to that. So the first thing is desire. And because we can take biblical example and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Because God told uh, Jonah to go to Nineveh. Well, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't desire <laughs> he it. He didn't desire it. But then you got to get to the why. You know what I mean? And so, now granted, this is Old Testament too. So the spirit of God wasn't living in Jonah. And that that is a whole different thing. But um, but I think that's the first thing. Like, you know, in the, in the story you just gave, if you're desiring a new job, why are you desiring a new job because you don't like your for example i know a lot of people who they'll say well i just don't have any christian friends here and so they want a new job where they're surrounded by christians well that's kind of problematic if we're called to to be light to the world right. you can't be light to the light right right so so that would be a, a challenge um but if you want a new job because you're surrounded by Christians <laughs> right and you want to be light to the world then that make that's an evangelistic desire potentially mm -hmm. so it's like kind of part one and then so you then say lord i want that opportunity like give me an opportunity i ask and pray if it's your will give me an opportunity to speak life and and do that now that the thing about that is that can come a bunch of different ways so what we want to do in our prayer time and hearing god's voice we want to tell god how right so we we deal with the what but we also want to deal with the how and that's right. that's not up to us. That's not for us to, to mess with. Our desire is often the what? I want to reach the lost. So I want to find a new job so I can reach the lost. Well, what happens? Maybe God moves somebody into your life at your job where you can start being life to them. That's right. the how. He may offer you a new job, like move you into that place. But but that's what we've got to be careful is not to start designing the how and just look at the what. But at some point, we've got to move to a point of clarity of God's will, right? We say that all the time. If, it, you're, if it's your will. Jesus prayed it in the garden. Mm -hmm. If it's your will. In fact, it's kind of an interesting thing. Jesus prayed that three times, if I'm yep. not mistaken. And, uh, and his prayer wasn't answered the way he wanted. It was and it wasn't, right? He wanted God's will above his will. And so that was his disclaimer. Um, but he did ask, hey, if there's any way for me not have to go through this, please, Father, I'm begging you. And I say begging because he did say three times, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and so sometimes it's like, no, this is what needs to happen, you know. And so uh, same thing can happen in our lives. And so in those moments, we've got to have that clarity. And this is really, you know, I think why we're having this podcast is getting to this next level of how to obtain that clarity. Jumping right there in Gethsemane, one of the hardest things for us, to, I think, for people to do, especially that have been Christians for a long time is to let Jesus also be just a guy. Sure. Yeah. He was fully God and fully man. And I think we forget that. Mm -hmm. So 
I love that you brought up Gethsemane. I think about Gethsemane often, just not all the time, but I've thought about it before. Um, why did Jesus keep going? Why did he say the prayer and then go look at the disciples, you know, mm-hmm. and and get on to them for not praying and whatever. But what if in that story we see this idea of praying with a, with a self-desired end mm-hmm. that even Jesus had to process through that? And how did he end that? He had to give up what he wanted. Right. And if you think about it, salvation is one oh one. Sure. Even to be saved means we've got to deal with the the selfish things we want. Mm-hmm. I want to live life the way I want. I don't want to submit myself to anybody. Whatever. Um, so you start at salvation with surrendering yourself to God, and then through Christian religion, we wind up taking ourselves right back off the cross, and now uh, we're going to even approach listening to God, praying, whatever, and we have to constantly fight the self thing kind of just like Jesus did, you know, in in, in so many ways. You also mentioned something, and then let's jump in, because this is what I want, what is in my heart for today's episode to begin, Mm -hmm. um, is a conversation about what it means to be a disciple. There's, for us um, at at where we are right now, we feel like God has defined discipleship. We're we're always trying to make things simple. and the simplest definition that I can find in the Bible is two scriptures, and both of them happen to be in John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One in John 10, and then later in John 14, um, where Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice. So that's the basis of it. And then in John 14, he says, those who love me do what I say. So really a disciple, boiling it down, is someone who hears God's voice and then does what God says. Yeah. You know? But how do we get to that point? If salvation and christianity is a relationship a conversation a friendship Mm -hmm. between us and god then really discipleship is learned in community it's learned in relationship there's there's a submission on our end right so we can we can go into it and say to me you know what did we have this scripture that we were bought with a price i don't know if it's scripture or if it's just a song no it it is okay (laughs) sometimes you know those old hymns can be like fake scriptures that's true (laughs) and so but we we were bought by by the lord in other words you know he paid for our sin right Mm -hmm. and so there is a impartation there of of lordship but it's something we have to willingly give up. He made the the way, but we have to do it. And it's kind of like I'm waiting on a package today. Well, I've already paid for the item, but until I receive it, I don't have it. Right. Right. So Christ already paid for us, but until we are given, until we yield and He receives us, and more, we have to do that. I mean, He's receiving us all the time. Um, then He doesn't have us, and so that's the first part of that whole thing. My sheep right mm-hmm. possessive they're mine right and and so we have to do that but to your point we got to hear it and then and and obey so we hear his voice calling us but we've got to obey him if we don't ever do that it's like taking possession we're not his does that make sense yeah and you know when we look at the sheep and the goats uh, scripture in uh, matthew 20 something i can't remember five maybe you know what i'm talking about go ahead anyway yeah. in that scripture you know there's a separation there because it's like those who do my will are the sheep those right. who do not are the goats it's like this right. this separation and and in that particular passage he's talking about end of days and how you know he gathers god gathers all the nations to him and he separates them out in sheeps and goats and um 
and he talks about those you know did you 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 clothed me when i was naked you fed me when i was hungry and they're like when do we do that and he said under the least of these if you did it to them you did it to me and vice versa right so For those that are wondering what you're referencing yeah it's in the last half of matthew chapter 25 25 so i was gonna say 24 so i'm glad i didn't <laughs> you would have been fine. They would have got there eventually. They'd yeah, have been like, Matthew that's not there. Go read it for yourself. Um, so anyway, I, I guess that's the thing is that the hear and obey, I 100% agree. I think that is the foundation because it's simple, right? If we hear the voice of God and do what he says, how could we go wrong ever, anywhere, ever? Yeah. No matter what it is, it's impossible to fail. You know how impossible it is to sin when you're hearing the voice of God and obeying it? Like you just can't. Right. You can't do it. So... Um, so now let's get to the brass tacks of it, let's right? Go. Hearing the voice of God. So, you know, when Jesus is walking along, and, and I don't have anything to look this up in front of me, so I'm sure you will and help me reference it. But uh, he's walking along with the disciples on his way to somewhere, and he says, consider the birds of the air. And he's talking about they don't work, they don't do anything, but the Lord provides. He says, consider the lilies. They are... I think his words were, even Solomon was not clothed this splendidly. Right. (laughs) And so from that concept, that idea, what we see is Jesus is teaching his disciples literally how to see and hear God Mm -hmm. in all all of creation. So, So he's... Now, this is just an example because his point there was not necessarily hearing God's voice. It was to say to them, hey, you're provided for and and other things. But by the same token... um, this is a process that I learned through discipleship um, training, so to speak. And you know me, anybody who knows me well enough would know that any concept of training or structure within the Christian model is something that I frown upon from the standpoint of, you know, it's a relationship. So I hate to just sit there and go, hey, I can train train you to do this. But the reality is training and teaching is scriptural and, and Christ wants us to do this and he's made provision for it through the gifts that we find in Ephesians 4. Anyway, so I'll just give an example of how this works and what I've done, uh, and I'll just give an example of one of the times this happened. Now, I call it uh, observation and reflection. That's what I I believe is um, how it was taught to me. And uh, I love it because really God's the one doing the teaching. The people, like even when I walk people through this, I'm 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 walking with them. God's the one doing all this talking, and that's the best part. And so you can just do it by yourself. But I went to a park one day and uh, I sat there. And the first thing is in observation reflection. And I think what we've called it is we've got three letters. So what, what do we call it? Uh, look, listen, and log. Yeah. Look, listen, log, learn. And then uh, that's four. And then love is the love end, is right? going to be a fifth one. Yeah. Um, so I just told everybody. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Matthew six is, I believe, where that scripture is found. Yeah. Um, so. So I went to the park and I was observing the first part. Look, so I'm looking around. Well, there's lots of things to see at a park, right? right? There's trees, there's birds, there's people. Uh, the park has that had frisbee golf and you know pavilions and anything, anything can can be the thing. So uh, it had this decorative windmill, and that's what I was looking at. That's what I remember, right? So I'm looking at this windmill, and that so that's the first thing. I found a windmill. So let's observe, right? Um, and then, you know, the, the look. Now it's time for the listen or the reflection. Mm-hmm. So as I'm looking at this windmill, I'm thinking about it. The whole thing. What is it about the windmill that has got my attention? What captured me in the first place? And 
sometimes it's just it's what captures you but i'm looking at it and i'm thinking about it and i and i start to realize you know the windmill is at rest like i was looking that it wasn't moving and it wasn't doing anything yeah and i thought first off is that well that's not even effective it's decorative right but then i was thinking about windmills in general and they're designed to harness the power of the wind and turn that into usable energy for other people and so this is all in the reflection just thinking about it and then i thought even when it's moving it's still at rest because all the moving parts are just kind of connected to each other they don't actually move your gears and cogs and everything are still just static pieces that are put together in such a way that when the wind blows the windmill it spins it hits a gear uh at the end of a of a shaft and then that gear turns another gear that drives another shaft and all these ratios shift and change things and then at the other end of it it, it's i don't know if it's a dynamo or whatever's at the other end a generator Mm -hmm. that's going to generate electricity and send it on down to wherever it sends it and i thought so it's literally at rest even when it's moving that's a big thing i mean people can already start drawing some lines into the revelation of of scripture in this and so before i jump too far ahead that's kind of the next step right is you start taking these observations and you then you pray you say lord what what passages in scripture can speak to this right now Mm -hmm. and so you know the word that i saw in that was rest that kept coming up it's at rest it's not moving it's not doing anything but the wind driving it is doing something so i saw that as you know wind instantly think of the holy spirit holy spirit who dwells in me the power of the holy spirit right it's power but how does it become usable so the wind's driving the windmill and i am the windmill right the wind or the holy spirit's driving me and all i do i'm designed in fact to convert that power into something usable so as the holy spirit's driving me as a human He's driving me and he, with the power of God to minister to others, to provide power to mm-hmm. others, just like this windmill. And so, um, but rest is key. And I was reminded of the scripture where it says, if um, the, the vine and the branches scripture, where we, uh, he is the vine, we are the branches. And, and it says, we'll, we will bear fruit. Not we might, we could, we will bear fruit. And so I thought the branch is simply a conduit. The vine is what's supplying life through the branch to the fruit, and the fruit is designed to be given out. Right, right. the The fruit that a tree, like an apple tree, does not eat the apple. Right, it doesn't right. eat its own apple. It produces fruit for sustenance for animals. Right, and so or humans, we're animals. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so. So that's, you know, when you start looking at that, so that's the scripture. So I apply this scripture to what I'm seeing. And so I'm like, okay, but that's also at rest. The branch is always at rest, right? A simple pipe that carries water from point A to point B doesn't move. It's just a conduit. And this is how God designed us. That's how we can, God can move through us. We say that all the time. God moves through us. Well, for him to move through us, we have to be basically a conduit. Well, a windmill is a converting into a conduit it converts that power and it moves it on down the road to something usable so so that's that little next process right and and you know sometimes you're getting the car before the horse because again you're sitting there thinking well i mean why is this sticking out to me but when you get this truth as i'm seeing this windmill i'm saying okay why why are you teaching me this right now lord now sometimes it's really evident Hmm. 
And I don't remember my specific circumstance because this happened, this was quite a long time ago. I certainly remember the analogy, <laughs> the, the, what the Lord showed me. But what it does for me today is when I start toiling and working really hard to accomplish something for God, right. I remember the windmill. Right. And I say, okay, but the windmill's at rest. I think about the tree. I've never heard a forest. Have you ever heard? No, I've never heard a forest. You've ever heard, heard the wind go through the trees. You've heard the wind. You've heard animals but, in the forest. Right. You've heard leaves rattle. Right. But you've never heard a tree going, ah, right. to grow. Right. <laughs> it never stresses. It just grows. It's by design. And and so that's literally what happens with us. <clears throat> Man, that, that grunt was really- That was good. That was guttural. And so- so that's kind of the thing. It's like, man, this this is how we're designed. And so re- that's where that word now speaks life to me. And I will never forget it. So it's no different. See, the thing is, God spoke to me through a windmill. Right. He spoke to me truth that I could see in Scripture. It was already there. Mm-hmm. But as I'm sitting in my car, taking intentional 15 minutes. I mean, that's all it took, 10, yeah. 15 minutes. And I mean, I write that down. The logging part mm-hmm. is huge. And there's another side to this too. When you start asking God why, because sometimes it's, you don't know why. Say, hey, why are you showing this to me? What's the deal? And he's instantly, I mean, without fail. If you don't know why, he will remind you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you instantly. You're like, so why? And before you even finish the thought, you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this applies to this situation. Right. And so- in that moment, that's when you essentially do what the scripture teaches us to do and repent, right? Right To turn from what you were doing. So he's showing me, hey, Jeremy, the reason that I'm showing this, this is for example, because I don't remember, but you are t- toiling, you are stressing, you're freaking out about something to do with me and what I'm doing. Right. So repent from that and what? Believe, believe what? The good news, the good news of what the, the word of God just told me believe right. it and so now in in that i've learned to i literally at this point i've heard the voice of god it's brought me life and it's brought me rest i mean that is the the crux of it all and in that now i get to be more effective because mm-hmm. again if a windmill if i if i as a windmill start producing my own power i'm actually taking away from the power that's coming in right right so if i start if i had a motor on that windmill and i start turning that motor then I, or, or more importantly, so the way that a windmill works, it's got a little uh, thing on the back, like a, I don't know what to call it, but like an airplane has like a tail mm-hmm. and that points it because of that. It's like a rudder. It points it exactly where the wind's blowing. So mm-hmm. it's just free, free moving. Now the big, big ones probably aren't this way, but a standard old windmill, it would move. And so it would perfectly line up with the way the wind's blowing, thus maximizing the amount of wind that the windmill's catching. Mm-hmm. What if I manually controlled that what if i locked that out and i said okay well this is what way i want the wind to be blowing from (laughs) right then i'm gonna i might catch a little breeze right if the whole you know we have 360 degrees if the wind's blowing uh at the 270 degree mark but i'm sitting there at the 220 degree mark i'm going to be catching some wind but it's not going to be all of it. Right. And so I'm not going to be utilizing all that power. Now, now, here's the thing that's amazing about this. I mean, think about the depth of this revelation. It just keeps growing and growing and growing as you meditate upon it. Because now I can apply this to my own, my own life. The more I want to get in the way of God, the more I start thinking, okay, here I can fix this. I can do this better or that better. I am not letting God direct me in the detail 
Because that's really what we're talking about. Now it's it's going to the next level. I'm not just saying, hey, God, do you want, what do you want me to do? Point north. No, he, I'm, I'm saying point me where you want me to point. And flexibility. The wind shifts. Right. So it can come in at a, you know, even when it's blowing from a 270 degree heading, it can plus or minus 25, 30 degrees easily and quickly. Well, if I'm the one controlling and I'm not responding, but when God's moving, he's constantly, that's a constant live adjustment that is always happening. And so it brings agility to following God. My goodness, Mm -hmm. applying that to my life again, we work so hard in our lives to be effective. And I've talked about this before. Working hard to be effective is the most inefficient way to be effective. <laughs> because when he's the one guiding you and directing you, then you truly are effective. Now, you may not see what you want to see. How often does the windmill see the result of what it does? Right. Like totally. never. Right. <laughs> it never sees that it charged a phone 30 miles away. It right. just... That doesn't matter because it doesn't need to receive glory for doing that work. Right. Because it didn't. It was just simply the conduit. And that, again, is how we're designed. So that revelation just keeps giving. So you've got this process. You first see it, right? You just, you get, you got to, and really maybe the first step is to intentionally stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So you stop and you listen and you, or you, you observe, you look around, you see something. Then you start figuring out, okay, why is this sticking out to me? What is the thing about this that has got me so so pulled in? And and then you reflect upon that and you start breaking that down. And then you're like, where is this in scripture? Like, what are you, what are you saying to me, God? And then once you see that, you're like, man, I repent. You literally pray, Father, I'm sorry for not seeing this before, for for trying to do it on my own. And that repentance isn't like you you failed. It's you're turning, you're adjusting, you're trajectory is that the right yeah um and so you make that adjustment and then you you've got to then for a lot of people it becomes habitual so right whatever the thing you're dealing with is something you kind of always do for me rest is that i'm always doing things and busy like this morning when you came over i was in the middle of a project didn't have to happen very unnecessary project but i wanted to do something so i did it I don't know that it was God's will, <laughs> you know, it, it was not done with the excellence that I wanted to do it with, but it was done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's something, but I mean, so I have to always revisit that and say, okay, is this important? Right. And, and so you come up with, and you ask God to help you with this, like what kind of plan, what's going to trigger me recognizing I'm not doing it. And what am I going to do when I recognize that? Right? right. So if I start getting busy, okay, I'm going to stop and say, okay, Lord, is this something you want me to do? Just ask. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you know, if you're like, okay, yeah, I can do it. Maybe God doesn't care. Like, right. He's like, eh, go for it. Doesn't matter. Or maybe he's like, nope, don't do it. You're like, All right. And sometimes that's hard to explain. But anyway, point is, this is like this whole little process. And now what we've done is we've learned to hear God in exquisite detail, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so far beyond open door, <laughs> right? <laughs> Compare that to open door theology. Um, it's unbelievable. And, What's key in all this is it is backed up scripturally. When you go to the word of God that is written in scripture and you look at that, and most often for me, I always weigh it. I love, like, for if I can't find Jesus saying it, it's, it's really hard for me to just have the belief in it. It doesn't mean it's not real, but it's just so much better when I find Jesus saying it. I'm like, there's no doubt, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, that that's one, and I, I probably have that kind of detail and that process um, where I've logged it, where I've written it down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
man, I've probably got 25, 30 of those. And it's tremendous. I mean, that becomes, you know, even messages to, to give to others, not necessarily you preach from the stage, although you could, but it becomes messages to give to people when they're struggling. All of a sudden, someone's like, man, I'm just so busy, man, I'm just so busy. And I start hearing that. And I'm like, I recognize that. Right. <laughs> and then I can start speaking to that and say, well, why are you busy? What are you doing? You know, um, are you doing it in your power or is God directing you? How do you feel? Are you wore out? If you're wore out, there's a pretty good chance. Cause you know, the windmills don't wear out. They do require maintenance, lubrication, right. sure. and things like that. Um, but they don't wear out, so to speak. They don't get tired of doing what they do. So, one of the big things for me is symptom is if I'm getting really worn out from doing what I'm doing, maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I don't know. How I'll was talked for a lot there? How was um, your relationship? I know we, be, I firmly believe you're. I, I would just challenge anyone to hear this. Um, I don't know that you can prove biblically that God has stopped talking. Oh, it, there's it no would way. completely violate who He is. Yeah. Um, and how he created us in his image. Um, there's there's a reason why there there's a reason why there's a difference between humans and animals. I love I love your dogs, Molly and Hurley, right? Um, and I used to be completely freaked out by Dobermans, and I love these two dogs. They're so sweet, so precious. For um, any of you listening who want to do me harm, they are not sweet and precious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, they, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if they no. know you, they're sweet. <laughs> to you. That is true. Um, but uh, we are created as humans with this ability to communicate on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I could walk up to Hurley right now and get my sweet little voice on that we talk to dogs with or animals oh Hurley you're such a stupid dog you're <laughs> right. so weird and he is going to sit there and wag his tail like we've just I've just paid him the biggest compliment because he can't really communicate he's responding to the frequencies and the, right. the tones of your voice um, and sometimes I think that's how we approach God and we forget that God really wants to have an ongoing conversation and I think some of us get stuck in elementary school, maybe even kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I mean, in kindergarten, it was all about what what do you want to do today? You mm-hmm. know, and I think that's how we approach God. Like you're saying from the open door, it's it's that things I desire. But maturity is a carryover or development of where salvation begins. Salvation begins with denying yourself. All right. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me is what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. And so maturity as we grow in the Lord and in our communication with him should be less and less and less about what we desire and continually submitting what we desire to the father and believing that God wants to talk to us, not always about what we are going to do. I think that's another mistake we make. Don't you That, oh, that yeah. we, we all, we seem to want to hear God when we want him to tell us what to do or, mm-hmm. but what about if he just, wants to what i hear in your story on rest was wasn't so much about what he wanted you to do just that he created you to do something naturally and just trust how god created you and if you'll rest in that Mm -hmm. then things will flow in your life right well that's not about doing anything yeah we go to god uh to try you know term i've heard used many times is we want to ask god to bless what we're doing yeah 
you know, talk and, into that a little bit. Well, and I think that's the thing. I mean, we have our plans and purposes and it's, it's like finding an investor, you know, <laughs> I mean, I have this great idea. I don't have the means to fund it, but I'm going to go find somebody and, and you're selling your idea. That's literally what you're doing. And that is not how we, that's not how God works through us. We're not selling our idea to God for him to bless it. And he's like, you know what? Dude, Jeremy, that's smart. Good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to bless it. No. <laughs> no. He says, Jeremy, I want you to do this. And I'm obedient whether I think it's a good idea or not. Right. A lot of times I'm like, really? Is that going to work? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. might, I might think that. Most of the time I think, God, you're brilliant. <laughs> like, I'm just like, wow, what a great idea. And it's not, it's not mine. Right, he speaks to it, but the key is if you want to hear God's voice, you gotta stop going with agenda. Right, my goodness, your agenda. If you're gonna go with an agenda, it's to hear the voice of God and obey. Right. That's your agenda, and and so so many times we're in distress and we go to address the distress instead of just going. You don't find peace by having God tell you what you want him to tell you about you already know a thing if you already have that agenda in your mind just tell yourself and do what you want with it but you find peace when you hear the voice of god what is more comforting than actually hearing the voice of god even if it doesn't deal with your problem think about a famous human that you really like it really wouldn't matter what you're going through in your life <laughs> if you got a call from somebody you'd never talked to before that you admired greatly and they just randomly picked up the phone to call you and say, hey, I was thinking of you today and wanted to tell you this, that would make your day. That's the creator of the universe every moment. He is ready and willing and, and not just willing, he is already talking. We, we talked about this on another podcast, but God spoke the everything into existence. And his voice is reverberating through all of creation. And it and it moves on because of the way tuning works. Um, so let's, you know, he spoke into existence, but now we have man-made things. Mm -hmm. Well, those man-made things are made out of the things he created. I mean, it's funny. Everything's man-made, but it's really about assembly, mm -hmm. right? It's made by God, assembled by man. I right. mean, that's that's when we're talking about the windmill, we're talking about the microphone recording this podcast made by God, manufactured by man and, and assembled by man. So even that God still talks through all of things because his creative tone, his frequency is in it. It reverberates throughout all of creation. And so he's always talking. There is never a point where God stops talking. It's not so much that he, it's like whether you think God is active or passive. I believe, it says on the seventh day he rested. I believe that God does speak fresh new things to us today, but he does it from a place of rest. That's what he's, you know, of course, that's what he's been speaking to me for a while. Sure. But in that moment of rest, he didn't pick it up and say, okay, and then the eighth day he went back to work. Right. That doesn't say that in Genesis. He rested. He created all that he was creating. And on the seventh day, he rested. Six days of creation, seventh, seventh day of rest. And out of that rest, all that we have is being accomplished. Everything that we live today is being accomplished out of the rest that God had on the seventh. That was the last linear thing he did. And, it, and it's not a complacency. He's still active, but he's active because he already set in motion things. I mean, the storm systems are in motion. The, the climate of our, of our world was set in motion thousands of years ago, and it just is processing and going through its normal ebbs and flows and cycles because he spoke it into existence. 
so I, you know, and at a microclimate level, we see Jesus speaking to the storm and causing peace. He's God, <laughs> right? Right. So, in our lives, the same thing. The reverberation of God's word means He's always speaking. That reality is that He lives inside of us. He can speak through us, and as He speaks through us, what are we speaking out? What do we do? Do we speak out original content? No, we no. speak out the revelation and reverberation of what right. God's already said. And we do it out of his rest. That's the most effective place to be. And when you see that, when people find that, that uh, we'll call it a groove, when you get in the groove of his rest, all of a sudden you find yourself, one, way more relaxed, way more um, at ease, and far more effective for the kingdom. You don't hardly notice it because when you're truly at rest and with him, you're not really even thinking about stuff. You know, you're not thinking about my effectiveness. You just are effective. Agreed. What would you say to someone who um, has been brought up in a religious tradition that struggles with what you and I are kind of talking about today, like um, that we have to hear God first um, or primarily through uh, the Bible? Because I I don't believe either of us are saying God doesn't speak there. No, we're just saying it doesn't have to begin there. Right. Well, I would say first off, I mean, the concept of a linear process is our own. I agree. So it doesn't that doesn't really matter. I mean, that you know, if, if it had to be linear, then the question is, how did God speak to us in the first place to even receive Him? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we don't know Him, so right. how do we hear His voice? Right. Right. So, um, I mean, I would just say to that person, like, hey, if that's where you are, do the same thing with Scripture. I suppose sit down with Scripture, but but man, like. Yeah, I think you're missing out. I mean, because really, what what I just laid out about the about the windmill, mm-hmm. it still went back to the vine and the branches passage. Can you get that if you just read that? Sure, you can. I mean, absolutely. But I think it's it again. It's like limiting stuff. You know, people ask me all the time about podcasting because of the network, and they say I want to do just audio or just video or whatever. And and uh, of course, we are an audio podcast network for the most part, but. But I always tell people, if you're going to do, like, say, just video, well, you're limiting your audience. If you're knowingly limiting your audience, then that's fine. If you want to knowingly limit your ability to hear from God, like, here's the scope, all right, that's fine. I'm not saying it won't even be effective. I think God meets us where we are. But what I found through letting him speak to me outside of Scripture as the starting point is now I... I don't hear God only when I sit with Scripture. I hear God all the time. Right now, it becomes far more active when I'm mowing the grass or um, any time that I'm basically just downtime. And so, again, I think you know people have quiet times and stuff. I don't have a quiet time. I just create downtime a lot. I don't. I don't want to just have an hour. Right. <laughs> I want to have all the time that I I want to have. And um, you know, it's kind of like you know, with your spouse, the most intimate person that we should ever be uh, with on earth, most intimate human is our spouse. Uh, do you just say, okay, I'm only going to talk to you an hour a day, right? You know, and, and it's the same hour. And if we miss it, we miss it. I mean, that doesn't make sense. So with God, same thing. I mean, he's always speaking. So if I am doing whatever I'm doing, and even when I'm sometimes in my mind is engaged in other things, he talks to me because you get in that habit man, you start to really hear him in everything. And you just you kind of pause. There's moments where, and I've, I've even seen you do it when, and I won't, I don't know that it's necessarily always God talking, but I mean, I, I recognize the same look on your face that will happen with me when something's said and you're like, oh man, like 
God just unloaded 30 pages worth of content right. instantly. And you just have a moment of clarity and it takes probably 40 minutes to deep to verbalize it. Mm-hmm. But he brought the clarity to you in a moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's really what happens so often with with these um, times and and you know walking a person through it and kind of helping them the first time through to really see how to process it is really about just just holding the hand in the process and letting you know i always encourage people they write down each each moment so you can reflect back on it right. and not try to keep it all linear in your brain but um, anyway a, a person who is not who's limited to just uh, hearing god's voice through scripture I mean, there could be worse things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> At least, yeah. But because um, God does speak through through Scripture. Yeah. But Jesus, that go and read in Matthew 25, that's, that's, that is a great example of Jesus speaking through nature. Um, there's in Psalms, it, we're encouraged to realize that um, the heavens declare the glory of God. Um, and so nature itself is is it was created before us. So it is also a tool by which God wants to use to speak to us, um, his care for us and his love for us individually. And then, uh, just involved in our lives. And I want to encourage you listeners. I want you to really grab a hold of this. You are designed to hear the voice of God. He wants to have a conversation with you. And in the, in a few podcasts, on our network, we're really trying to inspire people to reach out and listen to the voice of God because it is the most important voice in your life. Amen. Jeremy, thanks for sharing your experiences and your thoughts. Yeah. And there's many more tools that we can dive into and maybe we will in future podcasts. Thanks you for joining us today on the Renewed You podcast. I pray that God has blessed you as you've spent some time listening to this podcast today. Join us next time for another edition of the Renewed You podcast. See you later.